More than one in three people will face cancer in their lifetime. Unfortunately, fear can stop you from getting your cancer screening, but it won't stop cancer. Early detection can save your life. Don't wait for symptoms to appear to act. Cancer screening is safe, effective, and accessible for everyone, including free or low-cost screening programs. Go to cancerscreeninfo.com right now for free screening resources and recommendations from the American Cancer Society. Don't wait. Early detection can save your life. Go to cancerscreeninfo.com today. Cancerscreeninfo.com. You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. Today on the ZabeCast, so what if a Korean soccer team put some sex dolls with clothes on in the stands? No big deal, right? Wrong. Turns out the Koreans are stricter than the Duggar family. Notorious J-A-Y is free from the dreaded Friday paywall. We'll talk about some of the best dunks in basketball history and a Maryland tradition. Crabs. All that plus Rona Roundup at the end. Your daily Kickstarter of Uncensored Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Oh, here we go! Thursday, May 21st, 2020. Thank you for joining me. Progress, inching, halting, somewhat encouraging, but still daunting when it comes to sports and the rest of the world getting back up on its feet on Wednesday. We'll take what we can get, and we'll try to remain positive. Let's start with this story, and it is amazing to me that South Korea is so fucking uptight. I have no idea. I guess they're very proper in South Korea. So you remember that soccer team that put a bunch of mannequins, or they thought were mannequins, in the stands, to sort of, you know, say, ha ha, well, we don't have fans because of the coronavirus, but here's some mannequins. Okay. They were sex dolls, but they had clothes on. So it was not a big deal. Now, a number of people instantly recognized them as sex dolls, and some of their arm positions and hand positions were sort of weird, but there was nothing overtly sexual in nature. They didn't bend bend any of the women over. It was all women. There was no men. Now that I think about it, but they all had clothes on. Some even had on shirts of the 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 jerseys or the you know the, the jerseys of the team that they were rooting for. Okay, fine. Well, it turns out that South Korea's FC Seoul has been fined a record one hundred million Korean won for damaging the prestige and integrity of the league. This is the vaunted K-League, which I think is their highest internal professional soccer league. I have no idea. The $100 million Korean won fine, it only translated to $82,000. So it's a record fine, but it's still not a whole lot of money. The club said they had no idea that the dolls were sex dolls when they ordered them, but the K-League investigation into it said that there was ample time from installing them in the seats on Sunday at lunchtime until the evening kickoff to realize a mistake had been made and to remove them. 
The club also has disciplined its staff involved in the mishap. It's declined to appeal the punishment and said that they have humbly accepted the ruling. In addition, the club has asked the police to investigate the suppliers of the mannequin for possible mannequins for possible fraud. <laughs> and there could be more to come, according to a local newspaper. The body that operates the stadium is investigating, and they say that the club could be kicked out of the stadium, expelled because of the stunt. They said that would be the most serious measure. We will review the incident and then decide what to do. Holy shit. Come on, South Korea. Really? The club apologized on Monday, saying they had failed to check the consignment sent by the supplier and that we're not aware the dolls were adult products. We'd like to apologize to the fans. They said we are very sorry about supporting mannequins that were placed during the game on May 17th. They may have been made to look and feel like real humans, but they are not for sexual use as confirmed by the manufacturer from the beginning. Our intention was to do something lighthearted in these difficult times. We will think hard about what we need to do and ensure something like this never happens again. I wonder if they actually lifted up the uh, skirts or shorts of the women dolls and said, whoa, whoa, that's a really realistic vagina down there. Wow. That this is, wait a minute, wait a minute. Lighten up, South Korea. Lighten up. Meanwhile, the baseball stalemate continues between the players and the owners. NBA says they'll have a conference call Thursday to, quote, spitball some ideas. There is some hope that they could get the league up and running sometime in mid-July. That still seems like too far away. Let's go now. Chop, chop. But whatever. Whatever. I got to keep reminding myself. Play. Don't play. Cancel your league. Engage in a petty money war over, you know, whatever it is you want to do. I don't give a fuck. You're going to drive me and millions of fans away from certain sports by what you do, you leagues, in these next five months. Now, in my case, this happens to be my business right now. This is how I make a living. But I'm going to tell you this right now. I have thought long and hard about ways to pivot to something that is less dependent upon these big leagues. If it was up to me, honestly, I'd watch the NFL, golf, college basketball, and hockey. That probably would be it. And maybe a a little bit of baseball, a little bit in the postseason. I wouldn't watch all these things. I wouldn't care about all these things. I mean, I don't care. I I don't mind commenting on these leagues, and, and I enjoy commenting on issues and topics and games and plays and personalities and things that are interesting. But all of us who are sports fans have a different palate for what we basically eat. And as a sports radio host, you are sort of tasked with being an omnivore and you are uh, assumed to be uh, responsible for covering and watching everything to a certain level, at least. But I will pick and choose depending on what happens. Now, guys like uh, Chris Russo have also had it. He went on a bit of a mad doggy doggy dog rant about the Players Association. He thinks they're in the wrong on this because they're delusional to think that their deal should be full pay for a prorated season that also has not any fans in the stands. 
Here was Mad Doggy today on his radio show. Players agreed to reduce their daily salaries for those games. So we're off this now. This 50-50 revenue split is finished. I don't want to hear another word. It is absolutely, I don't want to hear another player moan and groan. I don't want to hear Clayton Kershaw and Dan Patrick. I don't want to hear uh, Ian Snell or Blake Snell, whatever his name is down there. I don't want to hear Bryce Harper. I don't want to hear Boris. I don't want to hear another word. The union knew that if they were going to play games at an empty stadium, they knew that they were going to have to take a price reduction. They knew it. So all of them can go to hell. Go to hell. That's garbage. And I got Tony Clark telling the whole world how dare Manford try to jam a salary cap bias through the revenue spy during a global pandemic when they asked for confirmation in the original agreement what this all meant and the and the commissioner's office gave them and they said, yeah, that's what we thought. Thanks a lot. And now since then they made a big stink about the 50-50 thing. Go to hell. All of you. Go to hell. So there you go. And I would concur with that. On a more positive note, the Nationals will celebrate a World Series title on Sunday with a virtual ring ceremony. I said to Scott Lynn today on my show on DC, I said, eh, I don't like it, man. Just wait. Wait until we can get some fans in the stands. He said, well, this is the ring ceremony, and they'll do a banner ceremony at some point when there is fans in the stands, hopefully a full house. Okay. I said, "I I can go with that. I mean, look, it is their ring. It's their championship. They can choose to dole it out uh, whenever they see fit. Uh, The ring ceremony, of course, is scheduled to take place April 4th before the team's second home game of the season, but that did not happen. The Nats also announced the upcoming premiere of Improbable, a two-part team-produced documentary about their 2019 playoff run. And uh, part one will debut Saturday at 7 on Mass, and part two will premiere Sunday at 5.30 ahead of the virtual ring ceremony. So that will be cool. Also, the Tampa Bay Rays have said they will reopen Tropicana Field Monday for players to do limited, mostly individual workouts. And this is how it's going to be every step of the way. Even if you think, you know what, we can work out as a team. No, no, you got to start individually. And then we'll let you be with two people. And then we'll let you be with three people. It is going to be a door-to-door, house-to-house fight to get back to where we were. And some of the stories you're seeing are just incredible. Charch has this story. Uh, He tweeted this on Wednesday night. He said, Minnesota, where you can now finally eat at a restaurant if you eat outdoors with less than three others and while wearing a mask. Yep, you read that right, says Charch. Eating with masks. I guess it's like a game. And that's the least of what's happening in Minnesota. Get a load of this. Minnesota Catholics and Lutherans have told Governor Tim Waltz they are reopening churches May 26th, and they don't give a fuck. They would not say that. They're men of God and women of God. They don't care what the governor said. This after the governor said that malls salons, casinos, tattoo parlors can all open, but churches, no, no, no. Minnesota, United States of America, this is real. This is happening. You've got to be kidding me.
More on the Rona later. Time now for our man, Notorious J-A-Y. Come on, cell phone. Slow kicking in here. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Plug it in. Re-plug it in. There we go. Hello, I heard the funniest tweet, or I saw the funniest tweet, based on the final episode of The Last Dance. It goes something like this. Tell me about a pizza you ate 22 years ago. Ha! <laughs> Wait a minute. That pizza was, I think you remember that because he got the food poisoning from it. So that's a memorable pizza. Well, of course. I guess if you had food poisoning. But I just don't buy the story. I mean, do you buy the story that's being peddled about food poisoning? Yeah. As, a, as, opposed to the, as opposed to the flu? Yeah. Oh, I played one with a really bad flu. Wow. And, and, and wait a minute. If you could have given out negative points, that's what they would have done for me, giving out negative points. All right. By the way, how- Jay, your cell phone connection is terrible. Are you in a different location? Normally, you are extremely reliable. I am sitting in the same location. I always sit. I have my headphone on my... my uh, Bluetooth. Ah. No, 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 no. That I used last time, the same one. Well, can I indulge upon you to take the Bluetooth out and smash the phone against your face like an idiot for just 20 minutes, Uh, please? I I hate talking on the phone this way. How's this? Is it any better? Actually, it's not, so it's probably the connection. I'm going to call you right back, all right? I'm going to hang up and call you right back. Okay? Okay. All right, stand by. In the meantime, I am going to fucking go off yet again on how shitty our cell phone system is in this country in terms of call quality. It is beyond shit on a stick. And I pay $349 for all these phones. Hello! Any better? 100% better. That's not what I did. No, actually, it's cutting out now again. Jesus H. Christmas, this is the worst. I'm sitting in the same place I sit every week. Um, It might be you. Do you have an iPhone? Yes. I'm going to try something called uh, FaceTime audio. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Actually, this is just FaceTime right now. But I don't want to look at you because it's weird. freaks me out. Two dudes talking. All right, how about now? I can hear you. There you Sounds go. Right. That's okay. a little bit better there. Hello, Jay. How you doing? Hello, Stephen. How are you? Here you go. There you go. Hi. By the way, let's start with that. How do you feel about FaceTiming another man? Because I yeah, don't like I don't, it. I hate my girlfriend likes it. I hate it. I think it's so stupid. I well, always deny and she gets pissed off. So. All right, but that's that's you to your girlfriend. No, no, FaceTiming another dude, no. We we don't do that. We text or call. Right. Some guys are comfortable doing it. I'm like, yeah. Eh, that's okay. No, <laughs> thank you. I don't want me looking lovingly into your face or angrily <laughs> no. into your face. <laughs> Look at your face at all. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So, anyway, I can't believe you're, you're, you're buying into the whole poisoning theory. Uh, wh- why wouldn't wh- – wh- what, he was drunk? What, I mean, what what – I don't understand. What he, had the flu. To not he had right. the flu. He had the flu. Why would he like people say, why would he lie? 
And I say because it's but a good... But why would good, he lie about getting food poisoning? Because it's a good story, and it sticks it one last time to the shithead cracker asses in Utah who are some of the most vicious fans in the league. Let's not kid ourselves. But the flu is almost as bad as... I mean, you, you played with the flu, and you scored... 39 points. That's still okay. remarkable. So, no, if either way, here's the thing. By the way, did you like Jerry Sloan going, oh, he was sick? I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's see how many points he had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah. I like Jerry Sloan. Yeah. Oh, it ended bad for him. It did. What he had, what do you have? Aggressive dementia and he's dead now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's, I don't think Jerry Sloan's dead. Hold on. But I know he got dementia. Wait a minute. Jerry Sloan. There's one way we can find. I was going to say died. Jerry Sloan. Oh, no. His yes. coaching career is he, 2011. He's 78 years old. Yeah. 78 yeah. years old. Carmelo uh, requests prayers for legendary jazz coach Jerry Sloan. This is two days ago. Yeah. Um. He's uh he he's diagnosed. He's 76 years old. Diagnosed with Parkinson's. And Louis body dementia, L E W Y body dementia. Fuck. I don't. Well, that's a whole. That's a whole other show. But so I mean, I don't understand why playing with the flu is any less than playing with food poisoning. Okay. By the way, we're not doing a whole show on Parkinson's. <laughs> no, 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 no. I said like, another show. No, you're like that's I, a whole other show. Uh, just for us podcast listeners, we're not going to be doing a show on Parkinson's. It's just not, yeah. not in our wheelhouse. <laughs> not uplifting. Well, here's no, the thing. No. Did you did you hear that the uh, the pizza guy said that he was a Bulls fan? Like the guy that ran the Pizza Hut that made the pizza said he was a huge Bulls fan. Delivered the pizza himself. Had money on the Bulls and named his kid after Jordan. I did hear that, and I, but do you think Tim Grover, who by the way is getting way too much FaceTime, number uh, one, oh. number two, but Tim Grover's like five guys showed up, and the pizza guy was like, no, it wasn't five guys. <laughs> so it's a lot of, I mean, it's a lot of people capitalizing off this, but here's that my, part I don't believe. Here's my stance: I don't believe it. I'm not going to eat that story, just like everyone didn't eat the pizza. But I'm not mad about it. Like, my philosophy on sports stories is, if it's a good story, don't fight it. Just go, well, that's a good story. And think, it might be true. It might not. But what do I care? It's a story, right, Jay? This is not discovery in some legal case. It's just a, it's a, just a sports story. That's why I'm like, I don't, I, 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 I was no less, it's no less remarkable playing with food poisoning than it is playing with the flu. I'm telling you. Okay. Playing with the flu is the hardest thing to very do hard. in the history of sports. It's very hard. Yeah. I, I don't think if you had yeah. I don't think if you had true food poisoning, he would have been You'd able be to able play. to stand up. No. Right. Yeah. He would he would have had shit and vomit and piss and puke coming out every hole in his body for twenty four hours. But, if it's real also with the flu. You have to throw up like every five minutes. Well, there's different levels of it. Food poisoning, I hear, and I've never had it, thank God. May I never have would. It. Uh, is like the worst. I mean, it's it's every orifice, every expulsion in your body. Your whole body goes, get this out of me, every bit of it. Piss, puke, oh, shit, yeah. diarrhea, you name it. May I give you my quick flu story? Please. Okay, so uh, we, we have a game uh, on Wednesday. I got sick on a Monday. Um, for me to miss a day of school, my mom was an RN. So to, for me to miss a day of school... I had to be 
uh, bleeding out of my eyes or have a fever of 105. Okay. So she let me, she didn't let me go to school on Monday or Tuesday. We had a rule that if you did not come to school the day of the game, with the game Wednesday, you couldn't play. So I missed Monday. I mean, missed, I missed Tuesday, but came Wednesday. And my mother said, as I was leaving to go to school, if I come pick you up after that game and you're playing, I will snatch you off the court. I believed her. So I told my coach, I was like, coach, my mom said this. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, we'll monitor the door. So, <laughs> so every <laughs> coach, don't worry. We'll watch the door. That, that's what he, you know, that's what he said. That's what he said. He was we'll, like, so we'll, we'll put a box and one on the door to make sure yeah, Mrs. Cottrell was, doesn't make it in. And by the way, I believe my mom that she would have stopped the game and taken me off the court. So oh my yeah, God, she didn't play cool. around. So, but I played the shittiest game in the hit. I think I had like eight point nineteen turnovers and uh, four fouls. But every time the door would open, <laughs> my coach would tell me to come over <laughs> next to him, and we would look. And it, so, but watch like the, in the door. Third quarter. So, so you'd have to go clear out to near the bench, so that if yes. Mama walked in, you could hop <laughs> on the right. bench. And so you guys my, would play four on five until the next stoppage. <laughs> so my brother and his fiance, now his wife, were the ones picking me up. And so I was like, okay, coach, we're good. My brother's here. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's well, my flu- and, and, and again, shittiest game I ever played. Not, not even, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, uh, quick and thoughts. And I grew up, by the way, at halftime. Okay. All right. Quick thoughts. Okay. Uh, Reggie Miller. I thought he came Love. off as likable because he was okay. honest yes. and he was realistic and he wasn't hung up on this really sucked losing to Jordan. Here's why I, well, as soon as Reggie came on and Reggie said, I didn't fear Michael. And I was like, why would you? You grew up with Cheryl. You've seen greatness. So you're not in awe of Michael Jordan. Whoa, I, whoa, I, whoa, whoa. He grew up with the greatest female basketball player ever. And you're saying that toughened him up for greatness? Yes. Against... Oh, His, Shay. Cheryl, was, Cheryl Miller Jay. is really good, Zayman. Jay. Like, you, you can poo-poo all you Jay. want. Hey, like, come on. No, I, I'm not, no. I, it did toughen him up. Hey, we don't, hand, you, we don't hand out Wokens on this podcast, I'm not so being, you're not well, going to collect any. You really think, it, is, Cheryl's yes. old, is Cheryl older than Reggie? Cheryl's older than Reggie. Yes. Okay. And just, I mean, Cheryl, uh, you heard about the car ride home, right? No. After, okay. So after, so uh, Reggie, uh, they they pick Reggie up. And Reggie's like, I had a great game. I scored a uh, uh, thirty-two. And Cheryl and her dad look and go, that's great, Reggie. And he goes, How'd you do? He, she goes, I had a good game. How'd you do? I scored one hundred and five. He goes, what? <laughs> so you grow up with that, Zane. You yeah. don't really get – you're not really in awe of too much. Yeah, Cheryl Miller scored 105 points in a game in 1982 at Riverside Poly. Yes. I, I don't care. I, I know somebody's going to go, well, she's playing against women. I don't care. 105 is 105. <laughs> Do you know what the score of that game was? <laughs> Okay, she scored 100, 130? <laughs> no, she had 105. What do you think Riverside Polly's score was over Riverside 22. Norte Vista? Well, what's 22. the final score? I, I, I'm, I'm guessing 135 to 22. 
No. 179 Ooh. to 15. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in other, in other words, if you had Riverside Norte Vista plus 163 and a half, you lost. <laughs> That's not sportsmanship right there. Come on. 179 to 15. Holy crap. Well, okay. there, there's some teams, there's some teams that you just can't hold the score down because they just suck so bad. And you just go just score. Right. They probably had their, their nice stringers in too. So. How'd you feel about how'd you feel about Carl Malone? You know that it came out that Carl Malone and Rodman He's a he's a scumbag. Orchestrated. Carl Malone's a scumbag? Yeah. Do tell Carl Malone's a scumbag. Do tell Carl Malone had a kid. Uh, Out of wedlock? Well, that'd be the first one in the NBA. Oh! No, no. Not just out of wedlock. And I can't believe this. I found this out like seven years ago. He had a kid when he was 20 with a 13-year-old girl. Sure, fuck. Yes. He's a... Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's Louisiana true, isn't he? That's Louisiana for you, right? That's Louisiana... He went to Louisiana Tech, right? Right, but that doesn't mean – I think you know that if you're 20, you're not supposed to be impregnating 13-year-old girls. Yeah, she looked 15. Jesus oh, Christ. Oh, God. Saban. Jesus, I know. As if I'm the one who impregnated her. I'm the bad guy? Come on. But but, but Carmelo, he's a, he's a scumbag. Somebody called him the uh, the world's first black redneck, which is very funny. No, he really is. He likes the – he really he's like is a black trucks redneck. and hunt, and he wears a big belt buckle. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, he he took to the Utah lifestyle very well. He got a big old chunk of property, trucks. Want to be a long haul trucker? Yeah. Born in Summerfield, Louisiana. Ugh. Did you like his game though? Um, I liked the pick and roll. He was a nice ten to fifteen. He was he was the best power forward we've seen. Oh, well. Do you think he was 14 time all-star two time NBA MVP? Is he better than Kevin McHale? Tough to say. Was he better than, was he better than Barkley? Uh, I know I prefer Barkley to Malone, but that's just, okay. Me. I'm just trying to rank him, but I mean, he was, he's on, he he's like on top five in points scored. Yeah. Yeah. He's on the 50th, uh, 50th anniversary all, all time team. So he's up there. He's up there. Um, how did you like Antoine Carr rolling around at 31% body fat with wraparound Oakley's like he just rolled in from the barbecue? <laughs> that was classic. As soon as I saw that, I was like, I was like, that shit doesn't exist anymore in the league. They don't let fat guys go out there and just do their thing. It is a lean man's league now at every position. Uh, I saw a game. They had a a, a a game from 1981 with Bird and the Rockets, and Bad. I believe I believe his name was Billy Paltz, the Whopper. Yeah, was playing Billy power Paltz. forward for the Rockets. He right. had the worst body in the history of the NBA, and he played like 10 to 15 years. Right? How'd that happen? Oh my God! I'm looking at it right. Billy Paltz. Look him up, people. P A U L T Z. Yeah. Nickname the Whopper, the Whopper, because <laughs> that's what he looked like—just yeah. this big old and, thick bad body. And Whopper. Mike Dunleavy played meaningful minutes in this game. And Mike Dunleavy was like six one, 
you know, 170. Right, right. Anyway, it was a hell of a 10-part series. Uh, the, 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 the sort of the sniping now has begun after the fact. Uh, uh, Horace Grant has just unloaded on Jordan after the fact in interviews this week. Uh, Jerry Reinsdorf reminded everyone that Jordan basically almost cut his finger off with a cigar cutter in the summer and needed surgery and couldn't have played anyway. And Scottie Pippen, I don't care what Jordan thinks, would have never taken one more one-year deal to try to win a seventh title. No chance. Yeah, yeah, Jordan said that at the end. I'm like, no, Scotty wanted his money, and he should have rightfully so gotten his money. Right. All right. So but, that said, but I don't. But yeah. wait a minute. I don't understand still to this day. Why didn't Jerry Ronsdorf put the kibosh on everything Jerry Krause did? I don't understand that. Well, I mean, he trusted Krause. Krause put together championship teams in two different three beats. I mean, he was a good GM. He just was bad with people. And he was insecure because he was a short little troll and he wanted more credit than he should have des- you know, gotten. He just had to know, look, man, you're not going to get the public credit that you crave. You'll get it privately from those in the business, those in the sport. But the public is going to look at you as an inconsequential, fat little pudge. I mean, he kept saying organizations win championships. No, no, no. I would have fired him off of that right there. Mm. Oh, uh, Jay, this is good. You're going to want to look this one up on YouTube. Hakeem Olajuwon slaps Billy Paltz. <laughs> 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 oh my god that's so great all right let's uh let's move on i've got the greatest dunks of all time you ready gonna Ooh. rattle off about eight of them you tell me if i'm missing any and of course i'm sure i'm missing some but let's go jordan's okay. dunk in college that caused it's maryland that caused a young mike patrick calling the game to squeal an extra <sighs> octave in shock and awe Fuck that game because I was at that game. That was my birthday present from my dad. It was on the twenty third of February, nineteen eighty four. Wow! Look at you, man. Look at you. And yeah, it was a moment of my birthday. Yeah, it's my birthday gift. And Merrill, you know, I went to see my favorite player ever, Len Bias. And uh, and it was funny because I wanted to leave because Caroline had opened up a lead, and my dad was like, "We stay till the end here." And if we wouldn't stick to the Emmy, we wouldn't have seen the dunk. I saw that. I was I was there the day they un- unleashed it. We we stay to the end here, said Papa Cottrell. Yeah, he, the air rule was not in our household. Yes. See, 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 listeners, this is why Jay was raised right. A mama who was going <laughs> to snatch his ass off the court if he played with the flu, and a dad who said, "We don't leave early." That's, That's called right. great we- parenting. Okay. I'm sure he paid a lot of money for those tickets. But yeah, I saw I saw that live. So yes, okay. that's a great one. All right. Uh Jordan over Ewing oh, is another God. one yeah, that, where he yes. sort of, you know, he he reverses and he goes back baseline, boom, dunk. That one's been played a million times. And my third Jordan one is the the sideways flyer in the dunk contest. Where his whole with the, body with the, with the gold chains. Yeah, his whole body with, is at a forty five degree angle. That's a, yes. That that is a another great. One. All right, Grant Hill's alley oop in the final four. The one, the one from Hurley went yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, Spud okay. Webb, I, I have no problem. Spud Webb pick a dunk in the All Star Game contest. 
I mean, a five seven guy. Five foot, yeah, five seven. Five yes. seven. Okay. Um, Shaq's various posters. Somebody uh, put a picture up saying Shaq's posterization dunks were epic, and they look like Renaissance paintings, Jay, where you'd have the hero in the midst of battle being besieged by all these different warriors. You know. Like Shaq is dunking and there's three guys just lunging at him, hanging on him, trying to stop him. It really is amazing. I can't remember the name of the white guys who played center for the Knicks, but uh, there was one where Shaq dunks on him and then they get tangled up and Shaq literally pushes him to the floor. Like after the dunk. So he he dunks in his face with his nuts in his face and then pushes him to the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, quick aside right here. I've had a number of people say, are you going to start adding a visual element to the podcast? Maybe put it on YouTube, start a channel. And I said, I don't know. Would it be worthwhile to people? And many have said yes. And things like this are perfect because while we're talking about these dunks, I could they could be seeing the, the dunks. And you could be seeing them, and there you go. So, okay, back to our regularly scheduled program. Uh, Vince Carter over Fred Weiss in the Olympics. Oh, God, that one is – everything – to see Kevin Garnett's reaction after he dunks on him is, is worth the price of admission. That was – and by the way, Frederick Weiss never came to the United States after that because he was picked by the Knicks. I thought he played for the Knicks. No, he never, never, never played. Never suited up for the. Never played in the NBA, as Levar Ball says. Never played. Never played. <laughs> never, never played. And then finally, this is one of my favorite artistic dunks, and there's photos of it all over the place. It would be a great poster for a kid. Dwayne Wade and LeBron James when they were with the Heatles on a fast break against the Milwaukee Bucks. Dwayne Wade leading the break. Behind behind the head, no look pass to a trailing LeBron, who soars up for a one handed hammer dunk. His legs kicked up behind him, one arm flying out, and Dwayne Wade doesn't even bother to look back. All he does, he spreads his arms out like wings as he gazes off into the crowd. You know the photo I'm talking about, Jay? I know the photo you're talking about. Yes, it is mwah, absolute you're- perfection. Um, you're missing uh, Kevin Johnson's dunk oh. on Hakeem Olajuwon. He didn't. He didn't pick just anybody. He picked <laughs> Hakeem Olajuwon. That one always gets me a little. Even though Kevin Johnson, kind of a scumbag. 1994. But, uh, remember, of all the teams left, there we go. The Western Conference so Finals. This is where visuals would be good. But oh, that's Dick Enberg calling it. Listen to the old Dick Ben. That Dick Enberg, nineteen ninety four. Dick Enberg. Yep. By the way, Kevin Johnson, who was also a bag of shit. You heard about his sexual yes, uh, yes. misconduct when he was the yeah. he was like the mayor of Sacramento. Um, anyway, yes, with underage girls. Yes. Oh boy. So Kevin Johnson, as a player, had one of the quickest springs. First steps. Yes, and I mean first steps in spring. Yes. There, there are guys that can jump high. He jumped high and he got up quick. He was super springy. Here we go. It hasn't been so far for either team in this series. Nine and a quarter for LA. Baseline drive. In your face, Kevin. He got a home high from Dick Enver. All right, here comes the replay. 
<laughs> What's cool is that, you know, so he dribbles in baseline. He knows that Elijah Wan is there. And you can see him basically make the decision four dribbles away. I'm going in for better or worse. He said, fuck it. Right. <laughs> and it's it's a collect and a jump step. And then using his left arm to keep Elijah Wan away from him, he turns his whole body sideways. And so he kind of dunked over his head. That's a good one, Jay. That's a really good the, one. The Lister Blister is another one. What's that? The Lister Blister. It is Sean Kemp dunking on, on um, Alton Lister. Oh, Alton Lister. And, and, and they had got and they had gotten into a, a fight the year before. <laughs> and uh, there it is. And Sean, Sean Kemp, Kemp some, yeah. dunks on Alton Lister. The <laughs> Lister Blister. Uh-oh, look out. Kemp, top of the key. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I, for, I forgot that one, but now I remembered. What's great is that so he comes in, does a little bit of a Euro step, collects at the free throw line, skies over Lister, who tries to slide under him, and Kemp murders the rim one-handed and then kicks his legs out yes kicks his, at him. kicks his legs out <laughs> lands and then double finger points to a fallen lister and of course the dunk was at home wow that is so disrespectful and, and, and my, my last one and i don't know i was watching team usa is playing in the one of those world championship games, and they're playing either Spain or Brazil, and this also is on YouTube. Carmelo Anthony has a dunk, and I like the story behind the dunks. So I, I think is a Spain or Brazil. I can't remember which country, but the Argentina. Guy had el- Argentina, yes. The this guy is had first him. first result on YouTube. God bless the internet for working every now and then. Look, you just type in something Team USA Carmelo Anthony dunk. The first one is versus Argentina. Possibly one yes. of the best dunks ever by Carmelo Anthony, who is not known as a high flyer. Mike Miller's on the floor now for USA. He's left wing, three point line. I know he's top Carmelo of the key. Drives. Oh. <laughs> okay. Now, see, the story behind this is the guy had elbowed him the play before. And you can hear Melo say, I owe him one. I owe him one. And he comes down and he just. Rocks it, and like you said, Mello not known as a guy who dunks viciously, but that was vicious. That was his east. That was his east side of Baltimore coming out, coming out in just a little bit. I can't believe we're not including a Kobe dunk here, Kobe. I mean, there's I a ton of compilations. Of- there's like top five, top ten, top forty. <laughs> Doctor J Duncan on Michael Cooper. That's another one. Oh, that's always, yeah, that's that, a good. That's one. always one. Um. I can't. Here, here's, here, here's one. Let's. Uh, this is against the Lakers. Series tied, third quarter. Quick bomb movement found Kobe on the baseline with one of the best defenders in the history of the NBA rotating over to guard him. But Kobe just flies by KG and rises up a seven footer. Rosho Nesterovic. Oh rotates. yeah. 
He, no, uh, Roscoe Nesperovich. Kobe, drive, Kobe <laughs> drives baseline, double clutches on the front side of the rim, s- floats under the basket, and dunks on the other side in a game over Garnett and Rosho Nesterovich. Ugh, I do remember that one. Right I do remember that one. All right, um, it's, I got to wrap this up. We've had a good run here. Do you have one more thing to add before my closing thought? No, I have a quick question. Did you watch the uh, documentary on Showtime about basketball in Prince George's County? I missed it. I've got to catch okay. it. I hear it was excellent. What'd you think? Uh, it's funny because I talked to India, India Sweetney, whose husband Michael was in it, and she was not happy with it. And she said that it was too much of a, a Kevin Durant um, love poem to himself. <laughs> What'd she expect? <laughs> it I, didn't, I, but didn't, they spoke, didn't Durant's money bankroll the thing? I think he I think he did do it. So yeah, yeah. well so you're right. There you go. He'd be like, hey man, here's a story of me growing up in PG County. And there's a few other yeah. guys you might have heard of. Yeah. Michael Beasley, who by the way, I also don't like him. All right, before we get to fuck that guy, Crabs. It's Memorial Day weekend. What is Maryland known for? Two things. Football, Football and, cra- and, and crabs. crabs. Are you a crabs guy? Yes, I am. Yes. Big time or medium? Medium. Okay. Uh, Where's your favorite place to go in and around Maryland, down to the shore, in the city, you name it? What's the best crab house? There's a place down in Ocean City, and I cannot remember the name of it, but it's an all-you-can-eat place. And they're like most places, they give you a time limit. And this place is, nope. You just eat till you're sick of them, and that's it. <laughs> eat until your fingers are bleeding, and you've got right. spice burning your eyelids to the and, core. Or you're, or you're drunk off beer, either <laughs> one. Right. I, I love it. It's messy. It's not for everybody, but it's a great time, especially with your, with your friends or just good people, and you're hanging out and just eating crabs. It's fantastic. All right, you ready for FTG? I am. Let's do it. Here we go. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. All right, here we go, Jay. Who is your FTG of the week? Well, I, I saw him yesterday on, I believe it was the Colin Cowherd show. And every time I see this guy, he just pisses me off even more. Daryl Morey. He oh. really thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. Sure does. All the time. And I'm like, dude, your team, you don't win anything. Because he was talking about, you know, how he came up with the analytics of basketball. And I'm like, you don't win. So your analytics are shit. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you on that. And you know what? If he was on Coward's show, it was a smart off between the two guys who both think they're the smartest guys in any room. Right? Oh, Colin Coward, by the way, Don Shula dies. He does not say one thing about that. He should be no. taken off the air for that. Yeah, no, that's not that's not how it works. Uh, by the way, here's a headline nobody cares about: Skip Bayless contract negotiation could be affected by coronavirus slowdown. Apparently, his deal Good. is up, and uh, the story is that he was trying to get ESPN interested in bidding to bring him back. I don't know why they would. And DeZone. So John Skipper, the old cokehead who spent money like he was going out of style at ESPN. <laughs> Still reliable to be a stalking horse. Why anyone would not give Skip Bayless a $3 million pay cut right now is beyond me. 
There's no other shops that are bidding for the one specialized thing that he does, which is put out hot, stupid takes on television. Like, if you said three million, take it or leave it, who's going to steal Skip Bayless from you? I don't understand. They just re-upped Bomani Jones and uh, um, Pablo Torre. I know, even though they took who, their show was, away. And they, who was bidding against them? I don't, I don't know. I mean, so anyway, I, Bomani, yeah, for okay. Daryl Morey. Fuck that guy. By the way, I got to get the soundbite of Dana White saying "fuck that guy." Did you, did you hear him say that? <laughs> You sent it to me. Yeah. That's oh, it's very so funny. good. So good. We'll mix it into this open here. All right. My fuck that guy goes to one Blake Snell. Not oh, necessarily because he said, I'm risking my life to go play baseball. Total bullshit. Total lie. It'll be safer in the baseball bubble when they're all said and done than it is just going to a goddamn Applebee's. That's number one. Number two. <laughs> He looks like a white dude, and he talks like a straight brother from the hood. Have you heard Blake Snell talk? Yeah, he's like uh, that basketball player from Kentucky who went in the first round. Yeah, they they they, they grew up. I guess they, they grew up in the area. Sounds like. I guess so. I was like, "What the hell is this all about?" Here, take a listen to this. I'm going to run out of music here if I don't get this queued up. Come on, man. Don't give me an ad on YouTube. What are you, trying to make money or something, for God's sakes? Tyler Hero. That's what. Oh, Tyler great. Hero. Play for the love of the game, man. What's wrong with you, bro? Money should not be a thing. Bro, I'm risking my life. What do you mean it should not be a thing? It 100% should be a thing. Fuck you. All right, Jay. <laughs> I'll see you next week. Thanks, brother. All right, let's finish with Rona time. Many of you saying, keep it up, Zabe, pedal to the metal. The Rona segments have been fantastic. A few of you have said, that's it, I'm out. I don't want to hear this shit. That's fine. Uh, Again, you're welcome to leave. If it's too much for you, I'll meet you on the battlefield of ideas. I will definitely engage you if you think I'm being factually incorrect or if I'm looking at this issue from the wrong lens. But just these, you know, I don't want to hear it from you. What do you think you're Rush Limbaugh? You're watching too much Fox News. Those aren't even arguments. Like, you want to say, well, you're wrong about this, you're wrong about that, that's fine. Ron DeSantis in Florida just dunked all over the media on Wednesday, and it was glorious. First, here was this riff about how invested so many members of the mainstream media were that Florida was going to be a disaster. Our data is available. Our data is transparent. In fact, Dr. Burks has talked multiple times about how Florida has the absolute best data. So any insinuation otherwise is just typical partisan narrative trying to be spun. And part of the reason is that because you got a lot of people in your profession who waxed poetically for weeks and weeks about how Florida was going to be just like New York. Wait two weeks, Florida's going to be next. Just like Italy, wait two weeks. Well, hell, we're eight weeks away from that, and it hasn't happened. Not only do we have a lower death rate, well, we have way lower deaths generally, we have a lower death rate than the Acela Corridor, D.C., everyone up there. We have a lower death rate than the Midwest, Illinois, Michigan, Indiana, Ohio. But even in our region, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida has the lower death rate. And I was the number one landing spot from tens of thousands of people leaving the number one hot zone in the world 
to come to my state. So we've succeeded, and I think that people just don't want to recognize it because it challenges their narrative, it challenges their assumption. So they got to try to find a boogeyman. Maybe it's that there are black helicopters circling the Department of Health. If you believe that, um, I got a bridge in Brooklyn I'd like to sell you. Last question. Boom. Boom. Now, of course, the media, New York-based, fawning over the Cuomo Brothers Act and wishing that those redneck Republican Floridians were going to be a disaster, are now latching on to this young woman ideologue with basically no credentials who is absolutely disregarding her bosses and superiors with more credentials to try to juke the data, and they're making her out to be basically a martyr. Here's what it sounded like on NBC News. New questions about how Trump's allies may be shielding coronavirus data from the public. Trump's allies may be trying to shield the data from the public. As a kind of a disinformation campaign while dealing with the reopening debates. In Florida, the virus data chief was actually removed from the job after being told, reportedly, to censor. After being told, reportedly. In other words, we don't know if it's true, reportedly. Information. That individual, Rebecca Jones, says she was ordered to censor some data, quote, but refused to manually change it to drum up support for the plan to reopen. On her last day, she also sent an email to the office warning, quote, as a word of caution, quote, I wouldn't expect the new team to continue the same level of accessibility and transparency that I made sense of the process during the first two months. Adding my commitment to it largely, arguably, entirely is the reason I'm no longer managing it. Translation, she's saying she was fired for being accurate. Yeah, I love how the media wants to translate for you. They can't just present the facts. Translation, here's what you're supposed to think. Let's get right to it with Dr. Zeke Emanuel. He was a former Obama White House health policy advisor. Totally unbelievable partisan, Ezekiel Emanuel. Let's go to him. Uh, Good to see you. And I'm curious what you think of these kind of stories. I'm curious what you think. You're not fucking curious. You know what he thinks. Look, it's really worrisome. It's hard to fight a pandemic if you don't have accurate data. It's hard for the public to know what to do if they don't have accurate data. Uh, Hard for us to know what to do. What do I do? I need accurate data. Oh, that is rich. We've chronicled how fucking absolutely unusable the data is across state to state to state to state to state. So don't start with the data. Um, and Florida is only one of the states that has uh, confronted this. Georgia's the other one. Oh, what about Colorado? What about New Jersey? What about any other state? Um, and uh, this is awful. The public deserves awful. the right to know that the public deserves the facts. And these are not uh, an attempt to educate the public. This is an attempt to uh, yes. confuse the public. Yes, that was how they played it. Well, Let's hear more about this, Rebecca Jones, shall we? Governor DeSantis. Right. So first of all, okay, so one, she's not she's not a data scientist. She's somebody that's got degree in journalism, communication, and geography. She is not involved in collating any data. She does not have the expertise to do that. She is not an epidemiologist. She is not the the chief architect of our web portal. That is another false statement. And what she was doing was she was putting data on the portal which the scientists didn't believe was valid data. 
So she didn't listen to the people who were her superiors. She had many people above her in the chain of command. Um, and so then so she was dismissed because of that and because of a bunch of different reasons about how she did. I mean, she's a kid. She's like 30 years old or something like that. And an ideologue. Oh, a journalist, too, of course. Yeah. There's more to the story. Get a load of this. Come to find out, she's also under active criminal uh, charges in the state of Florida. Oh! She's being charged with uh, cyber stalking and cyber sexual harassment. Oh! So I asked the Department of Health to explain to me how someone would be allowed to be charged with that and continue on, because this was many months ago. I have a zero tolerance policy uh, for sexual harassment. So her supervisor dismissed her because uh, of, of a lot of those reasons. And it was a totally valid way, but she should have been dismissed long before that. There you go. And that's the woman the media is now going to make into some kind of martyr. They're lying about their numbers in Florida. An excellent piece on National Review said basically DeSantis did the opposite of Cuomo. He realized early on this is a nursing home crisis. So he wrote an order that said you cannot put COVID patients back into nursing homes. They've got to go somewhere else. He protected the nursing homes. They said that they tested 1,200 asymptomatic members of the villages. You know, the villages where they had STDs running rampant like 10 years ago because of, you know, Viagra and whatnot. All these old retirees were getting after it down there. They said the 1,200 asymptomatic people they tested randomly came up with such a low positive rate, they thought for sure something was wrong. They're like, this can't be right. So they brought in additional people and scientists and numbers people to come look at it. And they're like, no, that's it. They had done such a good job and they backed it up. Their numbers are, as DeSantis said, some of the best reporting numbers in the state, in part because if you read the National Review article, they have a database system in Florida that is used to dealing with hurricanes and other natural disasters. So they're very good at reporting stuff in Florida, believe it or not, as fucked up as Florida can be. Hashtag Florida, man. It's like they do have some shit together. And you would think, you would hope, Florida would be held up in the palm of the media's hand to say, look, look what's possible. Look what they did right. Look at that. But you know what? They can't and they won't because it's a crucial state for the upcoming election. And the national media and the mainstream media is so despicable and they are so dishonest. Listen, if you're a Democrat listening right now, you vote Democrat. If you're a liberal, you believe in liberal causes, that's fine. Come clean with me. Write me an email and say, you know what, Zabe, you're right. It, it is fucking ridiculous. They can't lionize Cuomo and then try to paint Florida as a disaster. It's absolutely dishonest. Be honest with yourself. It's fine if you're a Democrat and you believe in Democrat causes and, and everything else and you want Trump out of office. Fine. Just come clean on this, that the media is a seething joke. Good job, Ron DeSantis. Amazing. And then there's this. The CDC has reversed its previous recommendations or guidelines on the spread of the virus. They're now saying it's not likely to spread from surface to surface contact. So in other words, touching things is an unlikely transmission vector. You can still get it but it is not one of the main vectors. Okay, it's fine to change directives or edicts based on more information. That's good. 
Um, but it just once again goes to say, all right, so as we're learning more, what halftime adjustments are, are we making as a country? Are we making the right halftime adjustments? It's not even halftime. It's probably beyond halftime. And you know we're not. You know that many entities are doubling and tripling down. I told you about Dane County, Madison, Wisconsin. Three new cases the other day. They're still closed. Three cases. It's fucking insanity. And then there's this, a mall in Thailand, even though the CDC now says the spread is not likely from touching surfaces, has installed elevator foot pedals corresponding to various floors so people don't have to touch the buttons with their fingers. Okay. They say that uh, it will help, maybe help prevent the spread of the coronavirus, but also help restore a sense of normalcy and give shoppers a sense of safety. Whatever gives people that mindset of, oh, oh, foot pedal, oh, I'm safe. We'll leave you on this. Beware of the coughing Karen. Big Karen energy. The real nasty Karens don't just lecture you on, why aren't you wearing a mask? Get away from me. Stop having people over. Oh, no, the big energy Karens are the ones that will cough on you. This video was taken at a bar where a a Karen was in a booth having a glass of wine. Some dude was at the bar in front of her, a good 8 to 10 feet away, facing the other direction. But she didn't like it that he wasn't down at the end of the bar far away from her. So the cell phone video caught the end of the interaction in which this Karen, with her big Karen energy, came over and coughed in the guy's face. The phone, of course, quickly got dropped and the video went shaky. I don't know what happened after that. You're not supposed to ever lay a hand on a woman, even a vile pig of a woman like this coughing Karen. (sighs) Nah, I can't can't recommend knocking her out. I can't recommend flattening her and saying, okay, there's consequences in the real world. I can't quite recommend reverting things to the Old West edict of, hey, listen up. This is a dangerous world, and you want to come at someone and do something like that, you're likely to get your face caved in. Because a man wouldn't dare do that to another man if he didn't think he could beat him up in a fight. The coughing Karen, beware. All right, that's a wrap for today. Thanks for downloading. Keep your head up in the madness. You and I will live our lives fully without fear. With a clear head in mind, and this pandemic is actually, I think, doing a great job of identifying stupid and scared people and dishonest people that we need to avoid and maybe make a choice in our life. Do we really want to spend time with them or partner with them? You know, to gently just kind of move over to a different lane and go, good luck to you. I'm out. Don't forget, we've changed to Red Circle. If you could, please cancel out of your Libsyn subscription resubscribe at Red Circle, get 12 months for the price of 11 when you buy a year's worth at one time. Uh, More than 50% of our, actually 75% of our signups are doing that right now. It's uh, good for wives and and girlfriends that have that eagle eye on your credit card. What's this five bucks a month? We can get rid of that. You do it once, you say it's a video game you bought, you're away and you're done. Then you can get your Zabe delivered to any platform you like. If you still want to pay month to month, that's cool as well. You can do that over there at Red Circle, but please get switched over just because we are going to be sunsetting from Libsyn uh, in the near future. Quality content is worth paying a price for, and I appreciate that. I subscribe and support things like The Athletic 
and other newspapers, and we certainly appreciate it. It's, I think, the wave of the future. So there you go. Rate and review so the algorithm likes our podcast. Tell a couple friends that might want something interesting and honest to listen to. Have yourself a great Thursday, and we will see you tomorrow. Cause we're all like a team Living inside a dream You and me